Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the Dynasty Warzone, the People's Dynasty Podcast. And here are your hosts, Memphis at DFF Memphis and Jerry at Jerry Sin DFF. What's happening, guys? Happy Monday, and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty podcast. And we thought we would bring you, in honor of today being the kickoff of the Scott Fishbowl 9, we thought we'd bring you a little Scott Fishbowl mock draft. So, with me as always, you know him as the man of the hour, the man with the power. He is Jerry Sinclair. What's up, Jerry? Yo, I actually thought I was going to miss it. I got into this room and my laptop on about four minutes ago, so it was good timing. No trucker hat, but the beard is here. Speaking of beards and all the way from north of the border, home of the NBA champions, you know him as JD from the Goat District Podcast. Welcome back, JD Elias. JD, what's going on, dude? Uh, thanks for having me, Randy. Jerry, you missed it, man. You know what it was like? It was like you're sitting there waiting for a guy to do his presentation. He's waiting for his partner to show up. He starts playing around with the laptop, acting like something's not working until his partner shows up. That's kind of what Randy did before we started recording. So you came and saved the day, buddy. The beard saved the day. I try. I'm good at those presentations too. I can carry him. (laughs) Slid right on back in. And then of course, not one, but two of our favorite fellas. You know him as Seth and Kyle from the FF Fellas. Seth, Kyle, what's going on tonight? Memphis, good to be here. Thanks for setting this up. Uh, having a great day of podcasting. We were on the SFB9 Podathon uh, earlier together, so looking forward to doing this mock draft. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me back on the show. I kind of got a little jealous because you guys were doing your divisional preview, so I had to listen in to to you guys talk about the North and, and uh, I wanted to get in on that, you know, to kick, kick Jerry while he was down. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You uh, will be uh, no, you're not kidding. You're not, don't lie. <laughs> no, it's good to be here. It's good to talk with you guys. You, you will get your turn to kick Jerry in the very near future. And this next guy, I'm so excited to have him back on the podcast. I haven't recorded it with him in a long time. I even have got him queued up some intro music. Oh boy. <laughs> And, and of course it doesn't play. So <laughs> <laughs> that's all for you, Jernigan. Welcome back. <laughs> he is back. You might remember him as one of the original co-hosts of the Dynasty Warzone, along with John Sheps. He is Mike Jernigan. Mike, what's going on? Welcome back, buddy. 
Gentlemen, thank you so much for having me. Randy, I appreciate the effort, even if it didn't pay off. Uh, it was on there a little bit on the back end. So, so what we're going to do tonight, we, we've done this a million times. Can, can I ask a question real quick while I sure. got you two in the room? Because yeah. I've been a listener of the Warzone for, you know, since you guys started. So uh, obviously you guys have the new feed. Jerry's been great. But the real question that people want to know, and now that I got Jernigan and, and Memphis here, who has the metal detector? Oh, uh, the metal detector is in uh, John Shep's toolbox in the in the in the great in the great state of New York. Um, the, the metal detector's gone. So oh, yeah, it, it was kind of funny. Randy and I were arguing over who was going to keep the metal detector, and John mm-hmm. just ran off with it while we wow. were arguing about it. Sounds it like Shep's. It was a ninja type move. It, it, it was like a, Shep's. It was a long, drawn out divorce process, and who got custody of the metal detector? What well, wasn't pretty, but we're back on great terms now, and it's very, very awesome to have MJ back. So what we're doing? We've done this with mock drafts for rookies and startups and stuff like that. Each each one of the six of us will have two teams. So we'll be drafting for two independent teams, uh, as if we were drafting in that spot in the Scott Fishbowl. Now, the Scott Fishbowl has got some unique bonuses this year. A quarterback gets five bonus points for every 300 yards he throws. Now, that's not fractional. He wouldn't get a a percentage of that five points for throwing 500 yards. If he hits 300, five points. If he were somehow to hit 600, he would get a 10-point bonus. And then for wide receivers and running backs and tight ends, they get a five-point bonus for every 50 yards of rushing and every 50 yards of receiving. Again, not fractional. So this year's theme of the Scott Fishbowl is video games. So he wanted to go through there and give a video game style bonus where like if you reach a certain milestone in a video game, you get an extra life or bonus points or food. And I have that right, Jerry. You're more of the video game of this group. Yeah, I don't know what food you're winning in a video game, but the rest of it was spot on. Didn't you ever play like Castlevania back in the day where you got like the, the drumstick? I... That's I did, I did play man. Castlevania, but I was probably like six, and I think it gave me nightmares. Well, this podcast—I think is that was give... like the original Genesis. So I, uh, I did—I dabbled a little. It's like catching a bucket with a fish or whatever. Oh wow! <laughs> you took a cheap st- You're kicking your own po- co-host when you're down. So, so here's the way this thing's going to work. So, Kyle and Seth in the actual Scott Fishbowl are drafting one team together, and but we're going to let Kyle draft that team at the 104. Seth is going to draft his own independent teams at 101 and 107. JD, is who has the 102 in his division of the Scott Fishbowl, and he's going to do the 108 as well. MJ, the 103 and 109. Uh, again, Kyle is going to do the 104 and the 110. I'm going to do the 105 and the 111. And Jerry is going to do the 106 and the 112. So as I throw it to you, Please tell the listener what actual conference and division and draft pick you actually have for the Scott Fishbowl. So, Seth, you're on the clock, so uh, break it down for us. Yeah, so um, we're in the Captain Falcon divisions, uh, so that's the 104 that we're taking. But Kyle will handle that part of it. At the 101, I'm going to go with Zeke because uh, he's just, for to me, he's the clear-cut guy that's going to get the most carries, the most yardage, and um, just – there's no question about what his role is. So easy one-on-one pick for me It will be Zeke Elliott. I like it. Zeke was very involved in the passing game once Amari Cooper came in via trade midway through the season and had like his best receiving total to date in his career. So could pay out. He could get a five-point bonus for some receiving as well as multiple bonuses for rushing. So 
like that a lot. So we're going to go to JD for the 102. I am in the Mega Man division, and uh, I'm actually, like you said, picking at the 102. I actually tweeted out uh, today that I have a new 101. I don't know if you guys uh, heard uh, Elon Musk on the Rogan show talking about how he's got Easter eggs in a lot of the Teslas. So like if you push in a certain combination of the keys in the car, his favorite like Atari game will show up on the screen or there's one where it'll do like the nutcracker dance. So this will be like an Easter egg, Randy. We'll see if the 101 in my division listens to this podcast because I'm going to go a little a little bit off the track. Not too much, but my 101 going in this season is Mr. Alvin Kamara out there in, in New Orleans. Because uh, if you look at those top four guys that he's being compared to, like the easy pick, uh, I worry about him off field. He's already had one meeting and we haven't even, we're not even close to the, uh, to the uh, preseason yet. Barkley, we all know what that offense is looking like. And McCaffrey, uh, pr- chances of him finishing as the RB1 again are slim. Carolina, uh, you know, looking at the running back schedule is not that ideal. Uh, I know their their division is nice, but I, I think Kamara might be the one guy out of here, other than draft capital, because he was a third-round pick. The other guys were all first-rounders. I, I like Kamara here. All right. Well, uh, MJ, I don't think that you were planning on picking third and having your choice of a couple of these guys on the board, but I'm going to roll it over to MJ. All right. Well, I'm going to lean heavily on rotoexperts.com, who did a Scott Fishbowl strategy page. Uh, and it's very informational. They kind of take their projections as to what guys are going to score this year and apply the Scott Fishbowl scoring. And it sort of brings to light that tight ends are going to be, with all the bonuses that are included with their position, are going to be heavy, heavy contributors to your team. In fact, in their projections, what they have for Travis Kelsey, Zachers, George Kittle, kind of the big three, outscore Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, and Juju Smith-Schuster. So I'm actually going to take my favorite of the three, and I'm going to go with Zach Ertz with with the one-three. Might be a little surprising, but with all the tight end bonuses, these guys score big amounts of points. Uh, Kelsey obviously is, is an easy argument for that slot, but I just think Zach Ertz and that offense, uh, Wentz, if he can stay healthy, uh, Kansas city worries me a little bit that they have a lot less weapons and defenses can kind of key on Kelsey a little more. So I'm going Ertz here. I will get more into the tight end scoring of this once we get deeper into the draft, but the tight ends are going to go fast and they are going to go furious. So I'll be curious to see what Kyle does at the 104 on behalf of his uh, co-owned team with Seth. Yeah, man, this is, if this plays out this way, uh, I'll be pretty pumped. I think for me, it's sitting here at the 104. I was kind of expecting to just take the leftover running back, but I'm going to get a chance to take Saquon Barkley here. Uh, He's going to heavily evolve in the passing game per usual. I mean, it's fairly simple. I think here is just best available leftover guy. I don't know how much other breakdown we need. He, he'll he be right up there with, with Zeke, I think, as far as carries and involvement in his offense. Yeah, I would have never thought Barkley would go at the 104. Ironically, though, in this year's Scott Fishbowl scoring, if they were to apply last year's stats for Barkley to this year's scoring, he would have been the fourth highest scorer. So he's going at... Uh, a very fair price. Now I'm gonna. I'm up at the 105. I am in the 
real sports division, Tony Hawk. And I've got the 111 in that draft, but I'm going to draft 105 and 111 here. And at the 105, I'm taking Christian McCaffrey. He was the second highest scorer overall in the Scott Fishbowl 9 format. And I can't help but take this guy at the 105. So, Jerry, you're up with the 106. And I'm in the same exact spot I'm going to be come tomorrow. Where the, the top four guys are gone, plus enough, one of the top other prospects is gone. And I'm sitting there like a lost puppy just with tears in his eyes. So my choice is, is the wide receiver, which is not the scoring is not very favorable to wide receivers. So I could go Travis Kelsey here, but in truth, I did a mock and I took Travis Kelsey and I just didn't like the way my team turned out. It just looked bad. It felt bad every time I felt like I was reaching for everybody. So I'm going to reach right now because why not? And I'm going to take David Johnson. Uh, I think that team is going to struggle. They, you know, they're getting a little bit of hype because of, Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray and lightning fast Andy Isabella. But when it comes down to it, I think that team's going to rely on DJ in the passing game and in the running game. I think they're going to need him, you know, to make uh, Kyler Murray's going to make space for DJ. So I'm going to take him. And I think that's probably what I'm going to do tomorrow too. If he's available. Got to like DJ. suck. Also, I'm in the Master Chief division because Halo is one of the greatest games of all time, and I am picking from the sixth spot. So this is my spot, Master Chief. And since Seth's up and he's dropping the Stewie drop on you, I'm going to go ahead and throw it to Seth. Yeah, I was going to take David Johnson here. Um, the, The offense, the possibility of the offense just exploding is there, and David Johnson is still one of the best talented running backs in the NFL. Uh, but he's not available, so I'll move on to my next uh, available running back here. I do consider taking Kelsey, but if you have Melvin Gordon still on the board, it's just such a, a solid pick. I know he's got uh, injury concerns. He doesn't play a full season. To me, it doesn't matter because you're still getting such a good value out of him. Um, so 107, I'm going to take Melvin Gordon. That's a good pick. In this scoring format uh, at running backs, he finished at uh, running back six overall, and he missed four games. He could easily, if he played a full slate, be right there in the same scoring range as the top four. So the Scott Fishbowl is a redraft format, so you have to you know, not think from a dynasty standpoint, but more of a redraft. But that puts us back with JD on the 108. Yeah, I'm definitely glad that I'm picking at the 102 because just uh... – kind of looking at who's been picked and who's left and and kind of my strategies uh just having Ertz go early like that that's you know I talked about it I don't remember where I've uh, been talking so much SFB the last few days but if if you go in with too much of a strategy you're going to miss that value that, the value that drops and that's exactly an example when Ertz goes early like that um it just other pieces move around uh, you know uh drop a little lower so it changes the way the draft moves so you got to be fluid man and as much as I'm talking here, I'm trying to stall. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's working I, uh, well. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to do something that I... I don't know if I'd do this or not, but I'm going to take... Uh, I'm going to go Mahomes. I'm going to go Mahomes because, uh, you know, what they're talking about four games max for Hill right now. And uh, dude's a beast. I don't mind starting my, uh, my draft with, my, with the quarterback uh, in this spot. 
the number one scoring player in all of 2018 uh, when using the Scott Fishbowl 9 scoring formula, scored 561 points. That is approximately 43 more points than second place, which is Christian McCaffrey, or about two and a half points a game. So don't hate that pick at all, but we're back up with MJ at the 109. All right, so I'm, I'm going to pretend this is a different team, which is what I think I should be doing. <laughs> yep, that would um, be correct. So I'm going to try a different strategy and see how this all goes. Uh, I'm not thrilled. Joe Mixon here is an option. Le'Veon Bell is somebody who's been projected high, and I, I just I don't know how I feel about him and that offense. The Adam Gase, Le'Veon Bell, that could be complete just chaos. And I, you know, like Bell could be benched halfway through the season, to be perfectly honest. So I think I'm going to go with a guy who I'm a huge fan of watching play. Uh, I know in a lot of the mocks, he doesn't sort of the way the scoring goes, it's not wide receivers are not heavily valued in this league, but DeAndre Hopkins, it doesn't matter who is playing quarterback or what the situation is. He just scores points. So I think on this team, I'm going to try to go a little bit safer here. Not as crazy as Ertz with the one three. I'm going to go DeAndre Hopkins. All right. The number one wide receiver in a fantasy startup would be a fine choice here. I'm going to go to Kyle picking on behalf of his uh, his second team, the fellas at 110. Yeah, so this one, there's a couple running backs I'm looking at here. Uh, and, yeah, I, I just can't go wide receiver yet. I, I totally understand taking Nuke at nine, but it's just like for this team, I'm going to be able to get one of those top ones in the second round if that's the way I want to go. I might not get as good a running back. So I'm going to take the running back here. I'm going to go with James Conner of the Pittsburgh Steelers, obviously. So an offense that has proven they're going to work their running back pretty hard. There's a lot of talk this offseason about them splitting that up a little bit more, but they gave Connor the full workload last year. I think that will continue. Uh, it's just a special offense, really, and Connor got it done. He showed he can do it in the passing game as well, so I think he'll be right up there as far as volume. So I'm going to go James Connor here at the 110. I don't mind the Terminator at 110. No, I'm sorry, that's John Connor, not James Connor. Uh, at the 111, I'm going to go Travis Kelsey, and here's why. Travis Kelsey in this scoring format last year averaged 30 points a game. Kittle and Ertz averaged about 29 points a game. Then you go down to that next tier of tight ends, Eric Ebron and Jared Cook. They averaged 19 points a game. So that's tight ends four and five. Kelsey averaged 10 more points a game than those two guys. Then there's a huge tier break with Austin Hooper, who was the tight end sixth in this format last year. Uh, he averaged 13 and a half. So Kelsey averages more than double that of what the tight end six does. These big three tight ends are a cheat code. Gotta have one. I am going Travis Kelsey here. And that puts us right back to Jerry. Pickle. What's that? That leaves me in, that leaves me in a pickle. Uh, I feel like I'm going to go with Julio Jones here. I really wanted Kelsey, and then I thought about Kittle. I think I'm going to go with Julio just because Matt Ryan and Julio is just such a dynamic duo that is just so fun to watch. And Julio is always going to get you 13, 1400 yards. He's like clockwork. He's he's old faithful. You know, he struggled to get the touchdowns at the beginning of the year. And as soon as that week seven or eight, whenever that ended, he just tore it up. So I'm going to go Julio, be pretty happy about it. 
you know, if this was my team and I got to do back to back, I could get two pretty good guys right here. So I, I would be happy with it if I was picking the 12. Julio, the ninth highest scorer in this format last year. And I keep, rec- I keep referring to the score. Um, if you want to know what I'm using, go check out our friend Addison Hayes, Adam Mays Hayes or at FF Statistics. Check those guys out. They put out a $1 draft guide. Um, you buy a $1 donation to Fantasy Cares. Every dollar of that goes to help the kids and the cause of the Scott Fishbowl. And that's what I'm using to reference the scoring format. Much like Mike mentioned the other group earlier. Um, you can buy this for a buck. So we're back to the top of the batting order. Seth, on board with the 201. All right. So uh, are we not doing Snake then? No, just like uh, we're going to be doing tomorrow. Oh, yeah. no, no, I take that back. You're right. You no, know, it, it, is, yeah. it is a snake. I, I'm, I'm used to uh, like all the rookie drafts. Yes. Yeah. So we're back with Jerry. <laughs> Jerry, you're up at the 201. Good call. That's why we bring Seth on board. He keeps us in line. George Kittle. I'm here to help. I was, I was between him and Julio. <laughs> we're going George Kittle, baby. <laughs> Conviction. I love it. Yep. Kittles and uh, bits. Yeah. I mean, what, what did he finish, Randy? He had to be pretty yeah. close up there. He was a superhuman. He was the... 16th highest score in the format, average 29 points a game. There you go. So I'll take that. And I mean, I think, I think he probably regresses a little, but you know, maybe not though. Maybe Debo's not that guy. Maybe Dante Pettis doesn't take the next step. Maybe the running backs are, you know, (laughs) I I honestly believe that Kittle could have an absolutely huge year. That's that's what I mean. The, The wide receivers, you know, we all want them to do good. We all think they're going to take that next step, but there's also the chance that that doesn't happen and they break our hearts and George Kittle's there to just hold us warm at night and to just tuck us in. Yeah, I mean, historically, like, rookie wide receivers don't perform great in in their first year. And Pettis, to me, he's fine, but he's not somebody... I I always hear a lot of talk, he's a great route runner. Well, he is a good route runner, but he never jumped off the page to me. So I could totally see them leaning on Kittle. I think because nobody's actually established when you think about it in that offense where you look at any position other than Kittle. You know, the QB wasn't there last year. Running backs, they got three guys. Who knows? You know, Tevin's leading, but you don't really know. So I think because of that, there's an uns- you know uncertainty. And you take a shot, man. You could tell a story. The, the, the result, the end story could be a wide range when you look at the San Francisco offense. So... It's all on what you think the approach is, but Kittle is kind of the one piece in there that you think would just uh, continue to grow. I, I absolutely love the the pick, and I don't think Kittle, even if he regresses a tad, I mean, he's still going to be a huge advantage over the other tight ends. Well, I'm back up at the, uh, I guess, 202 here, and I got to take Joe Mixon. Once you get past Joe Mixon, there's a huge tear break. And I, I would, if I start this Scott Fishbowl from the 111 where I'm drafting, with Travis Kelsey and Joe Mixon, I will absolutely just dance a jig. I may even record it <laughs> and, and post that post it on our Patreon. I, I would love that. Last year, I stacked Kelsey and Alvin Kamara, and I wrote it all the way through Week 15. So that would be huge for me. And next, we're up with uh, Kyle. Who are you going to put on top of James Conner? Not like in like that sense, but you know, like in like a stacking <laughs> your team sense. It's in there with him, but uh, sniped. So uh, with Connor here, I agree with you. I think there's a drop off at the running back position after Mixon, uh, that top seven or eight there. So I'm going to go quarterback and I'm going to go with my number one quarterback overall. As of right now, I'm kind of assuming that Hill is out for at least six games, but we'll see. 
Uh, and we're obviously drafting all this in early July, so you kind of have to make some assumptions. But I'm going to go with Andrew Luck. I think he has the uh, his top offensive line. Uh, you know, great receiving core, great weapons. Uh, I think he's in for a big year. So I'm going to go Andrew Luck here, third pick of the second round. Can never go wrong with Andrew Luck with two Colts fans on the podcast. My man JD <laughs> up there in Toronto, a fellow fan of the horseshoe. Go there Colts, go. right, JD? I was hoping I'd pair him with Mahomes there. He's 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 like he's my one B man. It's him and yeah. Mahomes pretty much are, are the two number ones for me. Well, I heard MJ cussing you under his breath. J, uh, MJ, <laughs> jump on here and cussing uh, out loud. <laughs> I I would never do that. First of all, <laughs> uh, second of all, so. This is the team that I took DeAndre Hopkins first. Uh, I kind of feel like I need a running back. And there's there's still a couple of guys. There's actually two guys here that are very interesting on a team that needs a running back at this point. You still have Todd Gurley. Obviously, there's question marks about the knee, but you know what he can be if if he's any semblance of what he usually does. And then there's Dalvin Cook, who's in a offense that likes to run the ball. And when he's healthy, he, uh, you know, on uh, the tape we've seen, he looks to be a great running back. I think I'm going to roll the dice here, and I think I'm going to go Todd Gurley with this team. I, I don't really like the idea of reaching for another tight end here. Um, you know, there, there, there seems to me to be a big tier break after these top three that have already gone. So I think I want to go running back. Todd Gurley seems to me like a lot of this might be hype. And again, we know his upside when he's right. So I'm just going to kind of roll the dice here, hope that he is right and that he is a uh, a top running back. Well, we I'm talk hoping he slips to 2-7 tomorrow. Yeah, I'll, I'll just be hoping and praying. We, we talked about this on the Scott Fishbowl Potathon. And again, if you want to check that out, just go to YouTube and search Scott Fishbowl Potathon. And it will come up in, I believe, four even segments. But Todd Gurley last year in this format scored 507 points. If you get 80% of that, you're getting 400 points, which is, you know, about what Devontae Adams did last year from a running back equivalent. That would be just a little bit less than what Alvin Kamara scored last year. If you get 70%, you're in the Joe Mixon range. So there's going to be plenty of value for Todd Gurley slipping this late. Remember, it's redraft. You're not saddled to him for the rest of his career. Love the girly pick. And then we're up with JD at the 205. Yeah, there are two more quarterbacks uh, left in my first tier. And I'm going to pair Mahomes up with, I was hoping it'd be luck, but I don't mind going to Deshaun uh, Watson out there in uh, Houston. Uh, him and Mahomes, I think, could easily, either one of these guys can be the number one quarterback. And uh, I want to try this strategy. I think if I was that at this end of the the SFB nine, I wouldn't mind starting there. And then it kind of gives you the freedom to just pick off those, the values dropping at the other positions uh, in the next rounds. I love this pick. Watson is my QB one for 2019, right ahead of Andrew Luck and just a little ahead of Patrick Mahomes. I think those three are going to be your big three this year. Love the pick for those keeping score at home. Watson was the 12th highest scorer in this league. So JD walked away with two top 12 finishers in the Scott Fishbowl scoring format for 2019. So nice choice there. Back up with Seth at the 206. Who who are you going to pair with Melvin Gordon? Yeah, uh, if Gurley had fallen to this position, I would have been very torn on taking him there. Uh, and the reason for that is uh, Melvin Gordon, we already know he's probably going to miss a couple of games. It'd be really, really risky to 
uh, throw Gurley into the mix there when we think he's probably going to miss a couple of games as well. Um, so I'm going to take Dalvin Cook. And I know some people are saying, but he's an injury risk too. I, I guess, but I feel that he's gotten over the ACL injury. And at the end of last season, after he had plenty of time to get his conditioning back up, get through any uh, lingering compensatory injuries that uh, happened because of the ACL, he was a, he was dynamite. And he I think he has every possibility of getting as many touches as Zeke or Leonard Fournette or Saquon Barkley uh, in the Zimmer offense. So I'm going to go with Dalvin Cook here. You see the running backs are starting to fly. Once you get past the big three tight ends, and I'm looking at the, the wide receivers on the board, and I'm thinking to myself, wow. And now I'm going to say, wow, Jerry, who are you pairing with David Johnson? I am pairing one of those wide receivers I'm guessing you are saying wow about. Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, he had over 1,000 yards. He only played 12 games last year. He upgraded, I would assume, would be a major upgrade from Eli to uh, Baker Mayfield. I don't see how that dude doesn't dominate there. I We have sort of poo-pooed on the Browns a little bit, trying to you know, rain on the parade of the Browns hype train that, you know, has been this off season. But if that dude plays 16 games and I can get him at two, seven, that is a steal and a half for me. So I will take uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Pair him with David Johnson and probably attempt a backflip if that happens tomorrow. So you're going to pair D you're going to pair, you're going to pair OBJ with DJ and you're going to walk away feeling okay. I see what you did there. Like a pro. Um, like a professor. Damn right. Um, the the next guy I'm going to pick, uh, this is the team that at the 105, I took Christian McCaffrey. I want to lock up a, a stud quarterback in the Superflex format with the amount of points that these guys score. I know it might be a bit early for some people, but this is redraft, not dynasty. I'm going Matt Ryan. He was the seventh highest scorer last year in this format, scored the exact same amount of points as Travis Kelsey. 465 points, basically. That's a steal, especially when my big three are off the board. I don't want to risk it at the the next pick, which would be the 305, and have him go out from under me. I will take Matt Ryan, and that puts Kyle, who drafted Saquon at the 104, on the board. Yeah, I like the Ryan pick um, as far as where you have him ranked. Uh, I have him in Tier 2 all by himself this year. I think that he's, even though it's first the first year, now with Dirk Cutter, it's an offensive coordinator that he's familiar with. So I think we won't see those first-year jitters that we've seen from Ryan over the last, you know, six, eight years or whatever, where he gets a new offense, he struggles, then year two, he lights it up. I think he'll have another big season this year. Um, and while the defense might be a little bit better, I, I still think he's QB5 pretty safely for me. So I like the Ryan pick. It made the decision a little bit easier for me because um, I was looking at Rodgers here, so he's still on the board. So I'm going to yeah. take Aaron Rodgers and uh, Kyle. feel pretty damn good. You keep sniping me, brother. Yeah, that's how it's done. <laughs> Dude, it, this is tough. It, this is tough, uh, him just sitting here. I, I hope this happens tomorrow. I'd like that Barkley Rogers start. Well, John John Hogue would be proud. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will tell you that this is low-key my ulterior motive for doing this mock draft with you guys. It's just going to give you that, that feeling of, if I get sniped here, I can pivot this direction and go here. So not only is it good for the listener to kind of figure out what's going through our minds as we're drafting this amongst fellow experts and analysts, but uh, it, it puts real emotion behind it. And speaking of real emotion, MJ, what are you feeling right now with Ertz at your 103 and on the clock? Yeah, so with Ertz at my 103, this is actually 
kind of a mirror image of how I think I'm going to approach this draft starting tomorrow. I think I want to lean on tight end. I feel like I can find, I don't want to say I'm going to do like a zero RB kind of strategy, but I think I can find running backs later and wide receivers to me, I don't want to target early because of all the, the way the bonuses and things work out. I just don't know that that's something I should be doing. So with Ertz as an early pick, I think I want to go quarterback next. And I think I want to go Baker Mayfield here. Um, I think I'm I think I'm drinking the Kool-Aid guys with the Browns. I think Brown I Kool-Aid, know, ew. For, for, for OBJ. That's called sewage water. I'm well, and that may be the case, absolutely. But for OBJ, I mean, we have Jarvis Landry, we have Najoku, who we thought could be good. You got Nick Chubb, you know, you've got uh Hunt in the backfield. You still have Duke Johnson there. There are a lot of guys who can catch passes in this offense. I think Baker Mayfield, I love the swag last year. I mean, he didn't have a great team around him, but he looks he he looks to have all the tools of an NFL quarterback. I think he has all the tools around him this year to succeed. And in this format, I love the idea of having a top-notch tight end and a who I think is going to be a top-notch quarterback in the second round. First of all, I like the pick, and I like where you got him. I don't think he makes it to the 210 in any of our Scott Fish mocks tomorrow with a hotness that is Baker Mayfield. But I love the pick. I love the strategy behind it. And, J.D., you were planning on going quarterback, but you kind of got sniped there. So uh, what are you doing? Yeah, if I can get one of those top four coming back to me, I'll take it. Uh, Ryan's another one I would have considered if – Juju's kind of left on the board. That would, that'd be a nice stack, but there is, uh, or sorry, I meant Julio. If Julio's left on the board, but uh, you know what? As much as I know the wide receiver position is not bonus as much as the other ones, you still got to fill three spots. And if I have the opportunity to pick up my RB one in my first pick and then my wide receiver one in Juju, I will grab my boy Juju and uh, fill my wide receiver one here at one hundred two. Yeah, Juju was a really good scorer in this format last year. And now we're getting to the quarterback range where there's not a big advantage drafting a quarterback in round two because now the 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 points per game really bunch up from that standpoint. So I really like the Juju pick there. And Seth, who are you going to stack with uh, Mr. Elliott? Man, uh, that, uh, that put me on tilt a little bit because <laughs> I was going to um, – do a go big or go home strategy and stack Juju and Big Ben at this turn. Definitely early to take Big Ben, but I'm curious to hear you guys' thoughts on the idea of stacking uh, a quarterback and wide receiver one combo like that. Obviously, you know, it would have been nice if like Adams or Rodgers, uh, or Adams is still on the board, but if Rodgers had fallen to this, that would have been great. Julio and Matt Ryan uh, and uh, Watson and nuke um so just curious what do you guys think about that type of stack i'll be honest with you i don't when you talk about losing Le'Veon bell and antonio brown i just think roethlisberger lost so many weapons he's a great quarterback we've seen him do amazing things in the past i just worry that he doesn't have the tools uh, james connor we think is good juju smith schuster we think is good um, 
he's got a few weapons. I, I just, he doesn't have the elite talent he used to have. I would be a little bit nervous about that if it were me. Seth, I am the stack master flex hashtag always be stacking. I'm obsessed with stacking, but there's one rule to stacking. This is not fight club. <laughs> <laughs> the rule is this stacking is amazing, but if you're reaching, it's not. And I think in, in the, I think it's a great question because like I said earlier, there are maybe one or two stacks that I would try to catch on the way back at the end of this turn. And as much as Juju's my boy, he's my, I, I think my hot take is going into 2020. I think that he's going to be the one-on-one uh, overall. That's, that's my prediction. But as much as I love him, Ben is not, he's not the next quarterback that I, th I feel should go off the board. So my opinion is you'd be reaching there to grab Ben. Um, I think Juju will do enough on his own, but I, I, I love the stack idea, but I think you can do it later. So for, first, before I comment, was that an official Ben Roethlisberger pick? Uh, no, okay. no, it was not. Okay. Well, Sorry. good. Uh, that... I was, I was going to call Ben one of my biggest values I'm hunting down later. Big Ben finished with 420 points in this format, which is three points less than Deshaun Watson last year. But JD's point and MJ's points are very valid about the, the, the loss of Antonio Brown. Um, I think James Conner did fine in place of Le'Veon Bell. But Big Ben's someone that I think you can get later, much later in the he, draft. He's going just, uh, Randy, sorry to cut you off. No, but you're just, good. Uh, the ADP, uh, SFB9 ADP, I, I tagged you guys on earlier. He's going at 706. So that's the only thing I'm, I'm, I love the idea, but I think you can do that later on. All right. So here's what I want to do. I want Seth to finish out round two. We're going to do a quick third round, and then I'm going to take it around the horn. You can let everybody know where you're drafting and how to follow along with you and your draft. And uh, then we then you can throw out your one big sleeper or one big must-have for the format. So, Seth, uh, give us, for this particular team, uh, your 2, 12, and 301. Got it. All right, so I have Zeke already. Um, and without the, the idea of the stack, so I'm just going to – uh, go big in the running back and wide receiver category and try and uh, not punt the quarterback position here, but see what it comes back to me. And it's a risky idea because you could get a run and you don't have any good quarterbacks, uh, QB ones, that is, uh, at the end of the fourth. But we're going to try this out here. So the idea will be let's go with Le'Veon Bell and then Devontae Adams. So starting off with Zeke, Bell, and Devontae Adams. I'm feeling pretty good about that uh, That starting three right there. I think you could really like it, especially if Bell returns even partial of his 2017 form. Could be huge for you. And then Adams. Adams is my wide receiver one this year. I love that guy. Uh, love the touchdown upside. Love seeing him come off of his first 1,000-yard season as a receiver. So I think the sky could be the limit for him. So I'm going to go back to JD. You've already got Kamara and Juju on this team. Who's going to be your third, uh, third piece. Uh, just for your listeners, Matt Williams at FF statistics is putting out a really nice series or he's already put it out. It's ended now, but he did basic from the one, one to the one twelve in the Scott fishbowl. And he got a couple people on each. I had the pleasure of sharing the stage with uh, Mr. John Hogue, but, um, you know, we talked about the Arizona offense today, actually on the SFB nine, and uh, this is, uh, you know, Matt, the reason I brought up Matt is he, he points out something very important is grab your guy, because especially if you're on the ends, like I am right now, 
I'm picking right now, and there are a lot of picks that are happening between my next one. So I feel like I have to go quarterback. I've got Kamara and Juju. So I'm going to go uh, risky, high high risk, high reward, Kyler Murray uh, with the next pick as my QB1. A quarterback in Arizona, you can say no risk it, no biscuit. So uh, I like Kyler. I, I would be looking, if I took Kyler here, I would be looking to stack him with a very safe quarterback later on in the draft like Tom Brady, Phillip Rivers, Matt Stafford. Uh, I think Stafford bounces back. But if you're going to take big swings at guys like Kyler or Josh Allen later in the draft, like uh, whoever took Andrew Luck, I would be looking later in the draft to pair him with a Josh Allen, a Mitch Trubisky, a guy who can win me a week. But if you're going to have super unstable, super high ceiling guy, you better have steady, consistent floor guy as well. So, MJ, you're back up with the 303. Oh, I'm trying to decide if I just go completely off the rails with this team. <laughs> I uh, mean, because you, you, I, I already went tight end early. Team. <laughs> the tight end bonuses are serious in this league. I have a quarterback who I trust in Baker Mayfield. Oh boy. All right. I think I think I'm gonna go with a running back who I think is being slept on a lot for this season. And again, the Scott Fishbowl, when you're talking about the Scott Fishbowl, you're talking about a redraft scenario. So you don't have to worry about long term. I'm going to go with Devonta Freeman. I think this is a running back who is prime for a bounce back season. Tevin Coleman is out the door. Uh, this is a running back who has been the overall running back number one in the past. I think he can do it again this year. And on this team where I've taken a tight end first round and a quarterback second round, I think this is a guy who can step in and fill that running back one role for me. So Devonta Freeman makes sense for this team. Man, he, he is a one of – I don't have to name him now. He was one of my must-haves because not only do I think he'll be able to do the thing on the ground and, and touchdowns in a very high-scoring offense, but he's an underrated pass catcher. It's been so long. He catches a lot of He pass. really does, and he's going to get that, that half-point PPR. Going to be delicious. You said you're going off the, off the rails, right, John? Uh, listen, if you don't take a running back until the third and you end up with Devonta Freeman, I would be so happy about that. <laughs> I would I I would be so happy. I love Devonta Freeman this year too. And I want to know who Kyle would be happy to see at 304. Well, speaking of happy, uh full chub right here uh in the third round. <laughs> uh to me there's there's uh 12 running backs that I uh, I think are far and away uh the class of the field. Chubb is one of those for me. I know they got to deal with the cream hunt situation later in the year, but Chubb really uh puts his team on over the top for me. So Barkley Rogers Chubb at the four. Barkley Rogers and Chubb at the one at the three Oh four. Give me that tomorrow. Come Give, on. Oh, well I I'm, I'm, I'm thinking the same thing. So I'm sitting on at the one Oh five. I've got Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I've added Matt Ryan. And now I'm getting one of my personal favorite in every format this year. Quarterbacks. I want to get out ahead of this. I've got my running back. I'll figure out tight end and wide receiver later. I'm going Carson Wentz right here. I'm going to stack Wentz and Ryan to go along with Christian McCaffrey. I know you, we didn't get a full sample of him last year. I love the fact that they brought in J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. We'll see year two of Dallas Goddard. Uh, brought Deshaun Jackson back. It's just they, nothing but weapons and a good offense. Hook me up with Carson Wentz and Jerry at the one, at the, excuse me, the 306. 
I don't have a quarterback yet, and I feel like I'm going to need one. I really wanted Wentz, which that makes me not want to take one right now because that's sort of who I was picking. And I got another, I got another little boy toy that I've been taunting or up in this season. Are we gonna go? Hawkinson. Yeah, right. <laughs> Get the hell out of here with that. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Let's go with him. Let's gamble a little. We'll see if I do it tomorrow. Leonard Fournette. Ah, that's and he's bad. he's gonna be it. the workhorse there. So we're going with Fournette, and I'll just hope that it's all smoke and none of the bad news has been fire. I love that pick, Jerry. That's I think he's he's going to be huge this season. I think he'll be right up there with Barkley and Zeke as far as work. And with them getting rid of Yeldon, I think there's an opportunity for him to even catch some more passes. um, Seventy-eight as well. Seventy-eight targets left behind by T.J. Yeldon, and the and the only competition brought in behind him was Alfred Blue and the rookie Raquel Armstead. Neither one are known for their pass catching and. He's been posting on his Instagram that Leonard Fournette, Jerry, what's the magic number for Le- Leonard Fournette's weight? Uh, 220? 225. 225. And he, he, he is looking lean and mean according to Instagram. You know, he show, he's posting pictures of his workout. I like it. I love Leonard Fournette there. And uh, Seth, you are up at the 307. Yeah, so I have uh, Melvin Gordon and Dalvin Cook here. So I'm thinking i was thinking quarterback i would have taken wentz if he had fallen to me here but uh he did not so now i'm torn between going with mike evans uh who i think could be a huge uh huge uh winner this year in that offense um one of my favorite wide receivers personally but i'm also looking at the tight end situation here and thinking about all right who can actually get back to me uh in the fourth round I there's a few more tight ends that I'm okay with versus I think Evans is the last of a tier for me. So I'm going to go with Mike Evans. Mike Evans is a Seth personal favorite has been for many years and he's already got two running backs. So that that's not a bad stack. Uh, JD, you're up to your 208 team. That's already got Watson and Mahomes. What are you going to add to this, uh, this tandem of QBs? Yeah, so I've got that position locked up. Fournette would have been my next pick, so that was a nice snipe by Jerry the Beard. And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to a guy that I think is undervalued right now in fantasy land. The best offensive line in, in the league, my favorite team, Randy, your favorite team, and and one of the best offenses out there. Eminem, Marlon Mack is yeah. so undervalued right now. Got me. Land, like I, I don't get it. What what what's wrong with him? Why? Because well, idiots like me who saw him when he ran out and thought he ran to the outside every time and we didn't get any smarter after watching him dominate last year. <laughs> I, I love but no, Marlon I know I'm with you. My, Marlon Mack made me look so stupid, at, but I'm, I'm happy that I can see that I was stupid now and I'm not just being a stubborn ass about it still. Jerry, the first step in fixing a problem is admitting you have one. I don't mind Marlon Mack in the third round. Uh, of a redraft format like Scott Fish. I don't know that I would draft him this high in a dynasty format, but I think that's a steal in a high-powered offense based on the scoring. So, MJ, this team has got DeAndre Hopkins and Todd Gurley. Who is going to be your third piece? So, if I'm sitting here in this draft, this would be interesting. I really wish I could kind of finish this team out to see how it goes. But in the Scott Fish scoring format, where the tight end is so heavily weighted, I want to take a tight end here who I think is a little bit 
I don't want to say under the radar because his name is kind of tossed around as a fantasy darling every year. But I think this year with Bruce Arians coming to town, I think he could be an absolute stud. O.J. Howard, I'm going to add him to this team and hope that I can come back in the later rounds and get quarterbacks to fill out this roster. O.J. Howard, I think, is somebody who could find a whole lot of success and find the end zone a whole bunch of times in this kind of retooled Tampa Bay offense. I've been an OJ Howard fan since he came out of the draft. And I, I, I just want to roll the dice here. And again, I would love to see how the quarterbacks, because I, I, I would worry on this team about uh, what my quarterback stable looks like when it's all said and done. But as we sit right now, Drew Brees, um, you know, Russell Wilson, uh, Philip Rivers, all these guys, Jared Goff are still on the board, Cam Newton. So I think I would roll the dice here with OJ Howard and see if I could luck out and get some quarterbacks later on that made this team uh, worthwhile. I love OJ Howard, and he's the guy that I think will ultimately cap the upside of all the crazy man love on Chris Godwin out there. But that's an argument for a different day. I'm going to go back to Kyle, who's already got James Conner. And Andrew Luck with his 210. 3-10. I, I do not like this. Um, I was really hoping for another running back here to pair. I just don't think there's any quarterbacks that are worth taking at this spot. There's a lot of them I like, but there's just so many on the board. I can catch it back in the fourth or fifth. Um, and the running backs, it definitely drops off. I like. I mentioned my top 12, and then I like – Fournette quite a bit, Freeman and Mac. Those guys are really solid. And then it's a drop off for me after that. So I'm going to, uh, I think, I forget who mentioned it earlier. Sorry, guys. But uh, you got to start three wide receivers. So I not many have been taken yet. So I'm just going to go with uh, my boy, Michael Thomas here. Uh, there's It's interesting to see that receivers are falling so far in this draft. Thomas is probably not somebody that's getting out of the first 15 picks normally but in this format he is here in round at the end of round three so i'm gonna go with michael thomas to pair with connor and luck and uh maybe i'll i'll like the value a little bit more and you know if we played this out to round four you know what i'm saying uh michael thomas great pick love that guy um the, the clear number one receiving option right there him and juju not juju excuse me alvin kamara the other guy on jd's team that I got mixed but i, I i'm gonna mix it up a little bit i'm going jared goff and i'm gonna tell you why uh, quarterback scoring in this thing takes a real cliff right around the quarterback 10. Um, Jared Goff scored one less point per game last year than Andrew Luck in this format. Andrew Luck went considerably higher, so I'm going Jared Goff. But after Jared Goff, uh, in this format last year, it was Rodgers was the eighth overall quarterback. And then there's really leaves, and I'm not afraid to do this because we're coming up to the tail end of the mock, that really leaves Breeze and Russell Wilson. After that, there's a huge dip off when you go to the QB 10 from last year, which is Kirk Cousins. You're losing about three points per game-ish from that. That's a huge tier break. So um, I'm definitely going Jared Goff here, and then I'm going to throw it to Jerry with the 312 to bring us home. And I am going to bring you home with one of the two guys you just mentioned. I... Honestly, this whole time, I almost took Drew Brees instead of Leonard Fournette at my six pick, but I'm going to pass on him again, and I'm going to go Russell Wilson just because we saw Drew Brees struggle a little bit down down the stretch once teams really started to pick on Michael Thomas, and I don't want to see that happen 
in my Scott Fishbowl team. So I'm going to go with Russell Wilson because I do think DK Metcalf's good and Gary Jennings is good and Tyler Lockett is good and they have the running backs. They can catch the ball. So I think his passing options actually got an upgrade. So I am going to go with Russell Wilson. I know he's been running a little bit less, um, but that doesn't mean he can't run for a first down and get me that extra point. <laughs> yeah, that that's what I want. Run three yards, get me that point. I, so I will, I'll take Russell Wilson to round this bad boy out. I like the Russell Wilson pick. I do not like the omission of Will Disley and Jacob Hollister. So, sit, here, sorry. Sit, sit here and offend big country, big sky. Will Disley. So I'm gonna go around the horn one time. I want everybody to tell us, you know, your 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 must-have, your sleeper, your Twitter handle, and make sure that you guys are tweeting out who you're selecting as your Scott Fishbowl division takes off. So I want to start with our friend of the North, the Great White North up there in Canada, JD. Uh, give us your Twitter handle, anything about your podcast, and then your must-have and sleeper. All right. Uh, you can find me like my boy, Randy said, Randy, by the way, thanks for having me on tonight. This was a blast with, uh, these bad boys. As I mentioned, uh, I'm at goat district. You can find us on the weekly with my boy, Dan Williamson at overhype sleeper minus the E on the end. And, uh, you know, you know what, I'm going to go back, uh, my Homer pick tight end, uh, is a very important, position in this draft but i don't think it's one i'm going to reach early for if i can get myself some jack doyle uh a little later on in the draft which i think he's going to be at a nice value uh i will uh i will give that to the uh war zone listeners all right well i'm going to throw this one to, to seth because he's got the O'Doyle. he's got the, the 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 jack doyle drop well crap <laughs> there we go ah gotcha Just all right me a second. yeah uh take, take your time give it give us your must-have guy your, your your sleeper that you're looking for and a little bit about what's going on with the fellas how many shows a week what the schedule looks like coming down the road yeah so um you can follow us on twitter at the ff fellas and we'll be uh tweeting that uh, out our picks tomorrow or rather kyle will be because uh, i don't exist on twitter you can follow him and uh on twitter at kyle ffls if you're interested in that uh my must have guy i think um i really really like david johnson and i think that he can bounce back in a big way this year he was still the running back 10 last year even with that atrocious offense around him so um, I think he will overcome there. And a guy that I'm looking for uh, late in drafts, really late in drafts, is Jalen Samuels. Because I think that there is a real possibility that the uh, Steelers move to a more running back by committee, or at least uh, breaking it up into James Conner has 60% of the touches and Samuels gets 40, which would be a big deviation of what we've seen before. But we also, it's been years since they've not had Bell on the roster and they've game planned around having Bell on the roster. So um, I think there's a, a world where uh, Samuels is a not necessarily a league winner, but definitely a guy that you can get later on and be a great value. Well, yeah, and, and you can tweet at Seth on Twitter, but the only person Seth talks to on Twitter is the FBI agent that monitors his cell phone. I'm going to throw it to his tag team partner that's actually more active on uh, social media, and that's Kyle. Kyle, what's up with uh, you? Who's your must-have? Who's your sleeper? And uh, anything else that your tag team partner omitted? Yeah, uh, my my must-have uh, is is tough because there's a lot of guys that I like, and this format definitely makes it 
Scott does a good job of keeping it relatively relatively even as well across across the board. Um, so I, I as a must have, I'm going to go with Jared just from the standpoint of I mean a lot of the stuff that Memphis mentioned. I think he's a really nice, you know, uh, secondary prize if you if you wait a little bit and somebody that I think can put up big numbers this year. Uh, I've ended up with him in a lot of mock drafts. So in this format where you need at least, you know, two to three, I like Jared Goff um, quite a bit. A sleeper guy for me is somebody, if you listen to the fellas podcast at all, somebody that I think you can get double digit rounds in this format is Carlos Hyde. I think that he can um, take over that role from Damian Williams in Kansas City and end up being one of the top running backs uh, this season. I think he'd be a really solid running back too, without even having to necessarily go off per se. So Carlos Hyde, you can get relatively late, not super, super late, but in that double digit round range, potentially in your draft. Um, Seth did a good job at the FFL is on Twitter, uh, but we are going to be dropping our 32 in 32 uh, pair of shows this week. So Tuesday and Thursday, if you guys are listening to this, we roll through every backfield in the NFL and every wide receiver group in the NFL, dedicating one minute to each, a great way to catch up on anything you might have missed we talk adp as we look towards 2019 and uh, we'll be dropping two episodes a week through the uh through the month of july three episodes come august and then four episodes a week in season so hit that subscribe button and we'll keep you well informed uh we drop early in the mornings we keep them short and sweet to the point so uh bring home some championships this year all right. Well, that's Seth and Kyle of the Fantasy Football Fellas, the best damn redraft fantasy podcast in all the land. Yeah, I may be biased, but take that, Matthew Barry and the FF Ballers. These guys are awesome. And then a guy, he's a, he's the fantasy football free agent. Uh, you know him as MJ, Mike Jernigan. Mike, who are your sleepers and busts? And uh, what, what have you been up to the last few months? So I'm not doing any podcast. You can't find me anywhere. Once in a while, I drop a surprise tweet. But no, like real life has got me super crazy busy. I'm still an insane fan of fantasy football and especially dynasty. So this year for me, my must own, I think, is OJ Howard. And for the, all the reasons I sort of stated, he's a, a third year tight end, which is when they generally kind of come into their own. Uh, Winston sort of loves tight ends anyway. Bruce Arians is going to come in. He's a quarterback whisperer his whole career. I just love OJ Howard this year. My, if you can call him a sleeper, I want to go Tevin Coleman. Yeah, because this is a guy who, in a a, a like an, uh, this was just an eliminator kind of PPR, you know, redraft sort of situation. He went in the late seventh round. This is a guy coming into a Kyle Shanahan offense. He already knows the playbook. The other, his competition is Jerry McKinnon, who can't stay healthy to save his life. He's going to be the running back one in San Francisco for sure. And if you look back at his stats, 2016, he was running back 18, 17, running back 22. 2018, he was running back 19. So he's an RB2 every single year of his career. And he's stepping into a Kyle Shanahan role as the running back one. This is a guy who is being criminally underdrafted i'm with you on that mj man it's crazy and we saw when when he was with shanahan before he saw limited touches and put up some really big numbers so it doesn't he doesn't have to be like you know 60 percent share i think if he gets you know even half he's in good shape so i i agree he's somebody i'm picking up all over the place in best ball right now see that's the reason why we got to hope mj's personal life slows down so we can get him back on the airwaves because that's pure yeah. gold 
right there. That's a great call. I'm going to kick it to my tag team partner, the man of the hour, the man with the power. Jerry, who is your uh, must-have and sleeper for Scott Fish and redraft basically in general? Fournette, for one, for the same reasons I picked him in the third round because I don't think next year in Scott Fish Bull 10, he's going to be a third-round pick. I think he is going to get an absurd workload, and I think he's a talented running back. I He's sort of a bozo. He's He's got some knucklehead, as MJ would say, um, but I, I just like the guy's talent, and I like violent running backs. I don't know what it is. It just... It, tingles sends a tingle right up my spine i love watching it aj green's another guy he we didn't even talk about aj green like he like he died like he fell right off the planet and no one worries about him anymore that dude was on pace to break all of his records he was going to have his best season before he got hurt now he's getting old and he gets hurt um my sleeper is carlos hyde which kyle already alluded to you know he, he should have a role and like randy said on the sv uh SB9, geez, oh, Pete's Scott Fishbowl, <laughs> SFB9, Potathon. Uh, you know, they didn't even wait 24 hours before they signed that man. Clearly, they wanted him. So he, he's going to have a role regardless. And if something happens to Damian Williams or Damian Williams performs exactly like he has in every other time of his career, except for the five or six games he was good last year, you know, he's going to be in a great situation. So Carlos Hyde, uh, I can almost guarantee I take him too early tomorrow. You know, it feels like the Carlos Hyde thing with Andy Reid. It feels like that the it came across the ticker that Jacksonville cuts Carlos Hyde and Andy Reid went waddling down to Brett Veach's office and I'm like, damn it, get Carlos Hyde in here now. I want him here tomorrow. I want him delivered. And it's, he, that's, just, he had his turkey sandwich like, with him while he's walking down the absolute hallway. Absolute turkey. That's beef brisket in Kansas City, mister. <laughs> with like nacho cheese on it. Yeah, yeah. you know, all the fixings. So, so, so my, my must-have guy uh, is Austin Hooper. If I miss out on one of the big three, he's just like Hunter Henry, except he plays football games. I'm just waiting for the touchdown production to go up a little bit to match the 71 receptions. He had last year. He's kind of my consolation prize if I don't get uh, one of the big name, I guess you call them brand name tight ends. And my sleeper, I think you can get this guy practically free, is going to be Chris Thompson. Bryce Love, Darius Geis, Adrian Peterson, what do they all have in common? They're not great pass catchers. And this is going to be a crappy offense that's going to struggle to score points. They're going to be behind a lot, and there's going to be a lot of check downs for Chris Thompson. I could see him ringing that five-point bell for 50 receiving yards a lot and think about it, if he rushes for 50 and receives 50 he just hit the 10 bonus platform that it would take derrick henry 100 point rushing to get so i see a lot of upside a lot of sneaky sneaky chris thompson upside in the scott fishbowl scoring format and then i'll throw you one low key one that i just from the from the uh draft guide that i've created from addison's spreadsheet over ff statistics chris carson even in the fact that you know he missed a little bit of time and left some games, he was the RB11 in this format last year, scored three less points than David Johnson. So just someone to keep your eye on uh, that you obviously didn't go in the top three rounds but could produce like a top running back producer for Scott Fish. But listen, on behalf of JD, MJ, Jerry, Seth and Kyle and myself, we're just six guys trying to make the play this world a better place for fantasy football. Good night. We'll see you on Wednesday. Thanks for tuning in.